You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris, we're back on the Paracast just after Chris had one of his famous breakfast meals. And after he was calling me out for the fact that if I want to have oats for cereal, I shouldn't have Cheerios. I should have steel-cut oats. Is that it? Well, anything that's not processed. I mean, you know, oat, you know, can be uh, GMO. So you have to kind of be careful. If it's uh, General Mills or one of the big you know, conglomerates, chances are you're uh, going to be uh, dealing with genetically modified oats. Okay, so does that mean I become genetically modified? I become an ET or something after I have a couple of bowls of Cheerios? I think GMO is one of the largest unregulated experiments in human health probably in history. So, you know, teach their own. You know, if you want to uh, go ahead and participate, be a willing participant in the experiment, uh, that's nutritionally your, your kind of call there. Well, okay, so at this point between Raisin Bran and Cheerios, i have probably becoming some kind of strange alien creature, which some people who listen to the Paracast will agree about. Okay, a couple of things here. We had a great time with Ron Regeer last week. But like so many people, Ron has given up his landline and only had a mobile phone. And I realized the audio quality wasn't first rate. We do the best we can. We tried our best to improve it in the mix, as they say, in the recording business. We're urging Ron to get himself a really good smartphone. Like Chris has an iPhone now. He sounds much better. So maybe... We can persuade Ron to get an iPhone. They have all yeah. those free deals now. You know, you get yourself an iPhone free with a two-year contract. Yeah, and the other problem is that Ron is in a area here in Camp Verde or just outside of Camp Verde that does not have wired internet. So he had to go with a huge satellite scenario. Uh, come to find out that, uh, you know, I think they only give you, what, two gigs or something uh, to play with. So, you know, he's really trying to keep his internet usage down to a minimum. and. uh chose to go the phone route and unfortunately even us at the paracast with our superb technical and sound quality um occasionally we have one of those shows so deal with it people you know what can we say we bring you the best guests we can every week and occasionally we have you know some issues with audio quality but uh hey you know it comes with the territory we'll have ron back and uh you know maybe i'll have him come up to the house here and uh we'll just sit shoulder by shoulder and talk into the same mic and make cow eyes at each other okay well don't get me started that's <laughs> that's too much that's way too much now we do have a new addition to the paracast staff a gentleman by the name of andy Shopik. and andy has been a salesman for many years and he decided to become our sales and marketing director he also has a lot of fascinating friendships in the ufo field so we hope to hear some of his stories in our forums at forum.theparacast.com. Andy Shopik. So that means if any of you are interested in advertising on the shows, we'll send your info on to him and he'll tell you what's what. That's how we stay in business. There you go. So we appreciate that. It's really hard to find good help these days. It really you is. tell everybody about the new developments uh, going on here at the Paracast with uh, a premium version that, don't tell anybody, but it might be ad-free. Shh. Oh, yes. We're working on that. Now, we've talked about the ad thing before. You know how commercial radio works. You've got to have a lot of ads. We run the same number of ads as other shows. 
And of course, the kind of ads you get are advertisers are looking for people who want to fix things. You want to fix your taxes. You want to protect yourself in case something happens and you leave us prematurely. You want life insurance. Maybe in case disaster strikes, you need something. So these are the kind of ads that you get. Now, when we have our own ads on the show, we want you to listen to them because maybe the product or service appeals to you. And if you buy that product or service, they will renew their ads and we get paid, which is fine. Now, the network, of course, they get paid for their own ads and they make their own decisions about which advertisers to accept. If you don't like the ads, you can go the DVR route, especially if you get the podcast version of the show. You fast forward the ads if you don't want to hear them. That's okay. Of course, as Chris says, we're working on something to provide an ad-free premium version of the show. And we hope to have an answer soon with that. And maybe even a reduced ad version of the show. It's kind of complicated how it works, but we want to make the Paracast easier for you to enjoy so you can focus more on the discussions at hand. Okay? So anyway, let's get on with our business here because we've got lots of terrific guests that we are setting up for the Paracast over the next few weeks. And before we even get to those guests, let's do some self-promotion. Chris, you're going to New Jersey yep. in November. You're going to Jersey. Going this Saturday, uh, or I'm going yesterday. <laughs> How's that? Hey, you I've were there already. already. In fact, you're in Jersey now. I'm in Jersey now. So um, I'm working with my screen screenwriting partner. Um, we're putting uh, the finishing touches on a six-and-a-half-year screenwriting project that's been slowly developing over the years. Also have family in New Jersey, and going to visit some college buddies uh, upstate New York and make a trip into Manhattan. And then I'm speaking at the... Uh, the great New Jersey Paranormal Group uh, down in uh, the Princeton area. So I'll be speaking um, outside of Trenton at the Hilton Hotel there on November 1st. And then it's back here to uh, the big uh, wilds of the Southwest. And I'll be speaking the following week on November 7th at the Travis Walton Skyfire Summit. We'll talk a little bit about that today with another speaker that who's going to be featured there, Richard Dolan. I'm doing a big tour group, uh, Gene, about 12 people around three states. Uh, so I have a 10 day tour that I'm going to be also involved with in between uh, these dates. So I'm busy. I'm a busy guy. So when he does participate on the show, he's going to probably be using his iPhone and Skype to make the connection. And that actually could sound pretty good. Use a headset with your iPhone. The voice quality is going to be pretty decent. Yeah. I've got to get a, um, get a headset. So well, you already have a headset with your iPhone, which is not bad. Oh, right, right. That's true. I do. You can try Just that. Put the earbuds in there. Yeah, you try the earbuds, the official Apple earbuds. If not, maybe we can call Apple up and have them send you a pair of Beats headphones, but you still need the mic. So we'll figure it out. Yeah, I've, I've got some really good AKG headphones and Sony digital headphones. So, you know, for my audio work. So I'm, I'm set in the headphone department. Just need a good mic. Okay, well, I'm sure we can find something. They actually do have mics, by the way, if you ever want to do quality Skype on your iPhone. They do have from Blue Mic and some other companies. They have some really good mics. So we know we will hear from Chris. He'll be clear as a bell. Am I blue? Oh, well, I don't think he's going to sing, though, because we have to pay copyright royalties to the publisher, so he can't sing. Not allowed to do it. Am I blue? If you do that again, you have to send a check to the publisher. Yeah. Uh, I hear Tell that to ASCAP, right? BMI. Yeah, you have to do that. 
It's funny. Anyway, I used to know somebody who worked at BMI and by the name of Andy Anka, the younger brother of Paul Anka, speaking of BMI. Really nice guy. In fact, they wrote some songs for my wife when she was singing. Anyway, Richard Dolan has a new book out called UFOs for the 21st Century Mind, which came out earlier this year. It's a pretty big book, over 500 pages. He covers an extraordinary amount of ground, and he's trying to make UFO research relevant to the new century, so we don't sit there saddled with the baggage of the last century and perhaps repeat the same mistakes. So we have a lot of questions to ask him about that book. He covers a lot of areas. And you listeners to the Paracast, I see that you've already posted a number of questions of Rich. So he's going to have a chance to deal with those questions, and we'll get to as many as we can during the course of the interview. But we're going to reserve them to ourselves for the beginning to you know, get up to date on his approach to UFOs, how things have changed, and whether there's going to be another volume in his book series about the UFOs and National Security State. UFOs and National Security State. Where's volume three? We're waiting for that. Because that's the one from 1992 and beyond. So we're going to see what happens. So let's get moving here. Richard Dolan coming with Gene and Chris. You're in. The Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Mike Stennerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. 
complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, we welcome back our old friend Richard Dolan, who is here to talk about... UFOs again, but this time it's his latest book, UFOs for the 21st Century Mind. But Rich, just as we got started with the show, you were telling us about your get-up, warm-up routine, preparing for this interview. And I've got to (laughs) ask you to tell our listeners what you do. Well, to prepare for the interview, I'm not sure if that's the case, but I I do uh, fairly regular yoga these days. For the past uh, year and a half, I've just gotten into it. Uh, what can I tell you? So I had a had another intense yoga class this morning before we started our thing. Did that. That kicked my butt. Came back home, made a very healthy vegetable juice concoction, as is my wont. Took a shower, had a cup of coffee covered myself in patchouli and doused myself in crystals. And here I am. Excuse me. <laughs> I guess you don't douse yourself in crystals. It's probably the <laughs> wrong word. Well, you know, when my wife gets mad at me, she wants to douse me in something, but I can't discuss that on family radio. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, you're funny. Well, other than the patchouli and crystals, that's all true. So, um, yeah, I, I actually enjoy it. I do uh, several types of yoga 
honestly, for the past year and a half, I just feel great. I think it's one of the best decisions I made in my life. So I'll, cool. I'm going to keep doing that. Well, it sounds sounds like a Sedona routine, not a right. Rochester routine. <laughs> well, they, they've got it up here too. You know, there's a couple of good yoga studios. You know, listen, as the body gets older, the body goes into rebellion. It doesn't like oh, to do yes. the things that were so easy. So you got to push it. You have to be like a general and just beat the hell out of it and make it. But the thing about the yoga that I just like is it, it just is very congenial to me. It's a kind of mental discipline as well as a physical discipline. And I just, I just find that I take to it. Well, I was thinking here as we talk about the body rebelling against you. And of course, I'm a few years older than Chris and more than a few years older than you. So I have to think that my body is fighting me tooth and nail right now. Yes, undoubtedly. Unless you beat it into submission. That's my yeah. philosophy. I weigh five pounds less than I did when I was 18. Good deal. And that was coming off a really big diet where I got down to being slim and trim before I became a weightlifter. So it's not so bad. No, uh, weight management is probably the single most important thing we can do as we get older because it's just easy to put on the pounds and that causes so many other issues with the body. Well, my wife does very much the same thing. She weighs 98 pounds. She stands at just shy of five feet. Her sister also is very slim and light. In any case, before we talk about slim and light stuff, let's talk about really heavy-duty stuff here. Now, of course, we have you on like every year or two, but we have so many new listeners to the PowerCast. I just want to ask very briefly, Rich, about your goals in getting involved in UFOs. And let's yeah. punctuate this with the beginning. Did your interest begin with a sighting or some other event? No. No, I've, I've been now very actively engaged in researching UFO phenomenon for just over 20 years. Uh, in 2014, I started at the very end of 93, early 94. Back in those days, I was, um, as I've often mentioned, but it's always good to restate this, I was working on a PhD in diplomatic uh, history, national security strategy, Cold War studies at, at the University of Rochester. Uh, basically, my life revolved around Harry S. Truman and um, national security policy circa 1950, birth of the CIA, and things like that. So in that kind of environment, you have nothing to do with flying saucers. I can assure you they don't cover that in the university setting. I um, was in a bookstore on one, in one day and saw a, uh, what is a, one of the famous UFO conspiracy books that is above top secret by Timothy Good. It was the subtitle of that book that really caught my attention. It was uh, the worldwide UFO cover-up. And this book was right on a stand in a bookstore. And I thought, well, that's a very kind of in-your-face title. It's a big fat book. Uh, I flipped through it. And anyone who's read that book, I think, understands that it's a, it's a good quality book. I saw a lot of names in that book that I recognize in my own academic study. I saw departments being in discussed that were a very big part of my research. And I had this moment of uh, what I've often called cultural schizophrenia that just hit me straight on. That is the difference between what we all know implicitly, what we are supposed to believe is the true, is the official narrative of our world. And in this case, the official narrative of our world says there are no true UFOs. But then there is what I was calling unofficial truth or unofficial reality in which this phenomenon may have some validity to it. And there seem to be some very well plugged in intelligent people arguing for its case. And I just thought, well, where is the truth here? I'm studying American national security strategy circa 1950. If this was a phenomenon that mattered, 
Why is it absent from any of the academic books that I've, I've researched or is this just nonsense? So my initial feeling at the time was uh, just to take a few months out of my life. I wasn't expecting to spend the rest of my life on the altar of ufology, but I thought Either for the next two or three months, I'll figure this out. Very naive, very arrogant. Everyone has this idea when they first go in. Yeah. They think, oh yeah, I'll get this. It and then sounds of course what happens, yeah, absolutely. And then you realize you get sucked in because this is some heavy duty information and material. Uh, long story short, after a few months, I was very persuaded there was a reality based on what was most interesting to me, which were the cache of documents revealed through the Freedom of Information Act, particularly those during the late 1970s, during the Carter years, that, you know, individually, none of those documents will prove that UFOs are extraterrestrial. They will not prove UFOs are alien, but they do prove collectively something very important. They don't suggest, they don't hint. They prove that this is a phenomenon that was taken very seriously by high-level national security personnel. And that was enough to make me think, that's interesting, why? And did they ever resolve this issue? And, and, you know, and why, and how would they manage the cultural institutions so that we don't talk about it, the media, the academic world, the scientific. Um, all of these questions came tumbling out once I realized that there was something to this and I've never stopped. Now, the question we often debate here is if the government has this guilty knowledge, <clears throat> some organization in the government, of course, Major Kehoe called it the silence group, and yeah. Robert Salas, who was on our show a couple of weeks ago, has something called the Cabal. But regardless, it's a group or agency within the government that's maintaining the secret. So right. the question is here, are we dealing with something that's done as a black project where there's no direct sourcing for the money to finance this? Is it a handful of people in the Pentagon who are doing this? Who right. in the government do you think knows enough to have a secret to manage? Well, this is a good question, Gene, and it really dives into the heart of the matter. It's also jumping about 10 paces ahead from where we just started. So this is a very, uh, you know, it's a deep question there. My feeling is I, I've come to a strong opinion that we have recovered technology through crash retrievals, things like Roswell and elsewhere. And, and I believe this not simply from the research of other people, but from my own research. I've at this point interviewed a number of individuals, military family members who've told me their own stories. These stories are out there and out there and out there. Stories of grandpa uh, learning about, you know, ET bodies, stories about dad having um, done security to um, guard a particular piece of ET technology. I mean, these have come to me as well as to other researchers. So I am very persuaded that this is an important part of our reality. If that is so, then we are not talking about simply the government whole, uh, hiding the knowledge of this reality because they don't know what they're dealing with. Baloney. They know what they're dealing with because they've got, they've got physical artifacts and probably bodies. And in that case, now we're talking about a deeply held cover-up. Stop it right here and we'll pick up the question on our next segment. Sure. Richard Dolan is with us with Gene and Chris exploring the national security state. You're in the Paracast. You're listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, 
paranormal activity, and Fortean phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
his best NSA-style voice, Chris O'Brien. Good. Rich Dolan is talking about UFOs, the issues of the national security state, what attracted him originally to get involved in the field. And as soon as you do that, all bets are off. And we're talking here about crash retrievals. And we know the Roswell story. And I wanted to talk about a couple of the other things you have in your chapter in your new book about it. But the key here is, let's just assume, in general, before we get to specifics, that 60-some-odd years ago, UFOs crash in one or more places. We get the wreckage. We take it somewhere. Maybe we find the bodies. Now, forgetting whether the quality control of alien spacecrafts maybe wasn't so good in those days. You know, maybe it was version 1.0 of a new starship. And so it crashed. The reasons, we don't know. We have all this evidence on ice somewhere. What has been done with it? Can we do anything with it? Other than having the bodies of E.T., if we do have the hardware. Yeah. Would it be like having your iPhone and being in the 17th century trying to figure out what it does? Can we figure it out? I think the answer is a is a, a partial yes to, to that question. And the reason I, I moved into crash retrievals in the last segment was simply to set up the uh, to, the way to deal with your question, Gene, because it really is an advanced question. You really wanted to know how is this cover up working and how can we handle um, you know how does how does it operate? But to the question of what we're doing with these bodies and technology, I think a couple of things. And any logical and also in terms of leaks, both of these directions point us to the fact that the technology that was recovered was well, well beyond uh, our capability and really our initial understanding. But the way that science works, as I see it, is the most important key to developing a new scientific idea is simply realizing that something is even possible. So in other words, a different type of propulsion system that doesn't rely on gasoline to give you lift or for power, you know. Uh, clearly, that would be something that scientists in the classified world would be looking at these objects thinking, holy smokes, they are using something different. What is their power source? And that would lead them into direction. So I think, I think what's happened is that in terms of technology, the recovery of, let's just say, alien technology has led us into our own track of trying to replicate that, not truly replicating it probably, but spurring important ideas that I, I've been arguing for years are probably good money makers as well as uh, just important scientific developments, which remain classified. I also think biotechnology has probably been affected by the uh, possession of alien bodies. And this is something that really came to light in a recent book by Dr. Robert Wood, called Alien Viruses, which is a book that I published from my company, Richard Dolan Press. I hadn't really been familiar with Bob's argument on this until I, I looked over his book, but he made, I think, a reasonable case that, that having long-term possession of ET biology and the fact that if, you know, you know, looking at the so-called majestic documents is a very tricky matter, but I happen to think he's right in that at least many of these are legit. That's my opinion. If you do that, it certainly looks like those, the biology of these beings is toxic or is, is certainly not congenial to humans. Are we going to say then that Ebola is based on alien virus? I'm just no, throwing that I'm not, out. I'm not saying that. I would certainly never say that. I, I don't know. I'm not part of that team. But what, what Bob has suggested, I think he's argued it very forcefully, is that at least looking through the 
majestic documents and also through published literature as well, he put his own pieces together and that's his conclusion. I, I think that's a valid uh, point of view at this point in time. It's All right. a possibility. Okay, so we expect though that, okay, so we can assume then that E.T. going up on another planet and another star system, it's not unusual to expect and or believe that they harbor alien viruses, just as if we go to another planet and we bring our own stuff there. Right. This is one of the big issues, I guess, to be considered with space travel. What bugs can we pick up? What bugs can we bring? Right now, we don't care about the bugs we bring because we don't believe that we're going anywhere that will impact anybody or we have no concern. But certainly, you'd think that an advanced race coming here from another star system capable of star travel, wouldn't they consider that issue, the fact that they could somehow infect us? It's a fair question. I don't really know how to answer it, Gene. There's a lot of things about this phenomenon that simply don't make a lot of sense, uh, even no matter what uh, way you look at it, whether they're extraterrestrial, whether they're interdimensional, whether they're black budget, whether they're fictitious, illusory phenomena, none of those are truly logical uh, as far as we can see when you look at all of, all of the things that happen. I mean, if they're extraterrestrial, yeah, sure, why are they crashing so frequently, apparently? Why wouldn't they have taken precautions like that? Um, if they're extraterrestrial, you know, people like Ray Kurzweil have said, look, if they're extraterrestrial and that advanced, they wouldn't even need to be uh, flying around in these clunky big ships and these big bags of water. They could just uh, fly in nano chips the size of a grain of rice and do everything they want. I, I don't have answers to that. Uh, and I don't think anybody does. But the, the, the mystery about this phenomenon is that if you look at it from any other hypothesis, none of those are entirely satisfactory either. It's not totally satisfactory to look at this phenomenon as purely black budget technology, and it is not satisfactory to look at this phenomenon as purely interdimensional, angelic, demonic, whatever. And it's not satisfactory to look at it as completely uh, something that is a product of the human mind. There are things that just don't fit in any of those hypotheses. So we have questions, a lot of not a lot of answers. All right, but we're looking at something here, which is a physical phenomenon. Something crashes some kind of unknown aircraft crashes. Mm -hmm. There are pilots aboard that craft. Those pilots may or may not survive the crash. Right. We capture this physical craft. We take it somewhere. It's no longer theoretical. We have the reality sitting there in some unknown laboratory, maybe one or more samples of this alien technology. So at this point, we can't start speculating in the abstract about what it means if we have this physical reality, we have the bodies, are they right. possessing of some kind of alien virus or something that's toxic to us? What about radiation from the craft itself? There are a lot of direct implications here. Absolutely. So, so the direct question is, forgetting about everything else, here's the reality, if it's true. What is it? What are we doing with it? What can we do with it? Before we even worry about the secret. We have the reality. What can we do with this craft? Is there any evidence anywhere that any alien technology is filtered down into our reality? I think that that what they what is being tried to do with this technology a is weaponize it, and b to derive any kind of uh, commercial applications out of it that can be profitable to those people who are in on the secret. I think those are the two things. Evidence 
you're talking about insiders making leaked statements. You're talking about, you know, what it looks like. No one, there's no official documentation. There's no Freedom of Information Act document that's going to make this statement. There's just none. So what we have is a lot of inference. What we have is a, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of stories that have come out that are consistent from a lot of different sources. And from those points of view, it looks to me that weaponizing and making profit out of the technology are two key things. It makes perfect sense to me that you'd weaponize it. And it makes perfect sense that you try to make uh, money out of it. So you wonder then, do they have agreements with private industry? Yes, to absolutely. Take this, I mean, to they, take, they have to. Okay, so therefore, have suddenly, doesn't it become easier to keep a secret if you funnel everything to private industry? Yeah. Absolutely. Then yeah, suddenly you're not looking here. for a government official du jour to harbor the secret. They're right. basically moving it off to private industry. And a lot of the government officials, once they leave government service, will work for those very same companies where they brought the technology. More to ask in a moment. Richard That's Dolan, speculating about ET technology in our own hands. We also have a whole bunch of questions that you've asked through our forums at forum.thepowercast.com. So check them out. Our forums, forum.thepowercast.com. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-297-0154. That's 800-297-0154. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. That's 800-297-0154. With autumn in the air, it's time to think about getting ready for winter. 
and it's time to save at HerbalHealer.com. You'll find amazing seasonal savings to prepare you for the fight against cold and flu season, like Oregacillin to promote lung health. 30 capsules, regularly $34.95, now only $25. HHA Olive Leaf, the natural antiviral, normally $16.95, now 60 capsules are just $12. HHA Elderberry Power, a great flu and virus fighter, regularly $16.95, 60 capsules, now $10. Save on all our homeopathic detoxes. Choose from lungs, kidney, liver, brain, libido, or whole body, normally $26.95, now just $20. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click on the Fall Winter Specials button to save on all our natural cold and flu-fighting products. Also explore our Herbal Healer Academy Correspondence Courses that teach you how to handle your health naturally. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So look where we go with this. If our government got a hold of real alien technology, they funnel it to private industry. They're busy trying to weaponize it, trying to profit from it, first and foremost. And as I suggested, Richard Dolan when these people do get into private industry after they leave government service, they will work for the same companies that they funneled business to. They're given the promise of lucrative jobs. That's why they do it. Most definitely. This is what it's all about. It's a revolving door. And, you know, the very the few studies that have been done publicly on what we what we call special access programs, that is the primordial black budget programs, all of them point to the conclusion that these programs are dominated not by the military DOD personnel, but rather by private contractors. It's Lockheed, Raytheon, Boeing, General Dynamics, General Electric, those guys. They have, it appears, at least in the opinion of those people having done the analysis, more power than the official Defense Department people. And that makes perfect sense. You know, if you're a general involved in this secret, uh, you're going to make your money when you retire and you get hired as a senior VP uh, at one of those companies and you start making your money, you make good money. So it's all a nice little club. And and in terms of secrecy, it's much more effective for the secret to be proprietary rather than classified because it's impervious to any kind of government inquiry. And this is how the gov- U.S. government's always been. It's not just UFOs. It's been like this for over a hundred years. 
honestly, since the bullet that went through Lincoln's head, the U.S. government's been dominated by private industry and, and finance and banking. And all through the 20th century, you look all through the Second World War, you look at uh, groups like the Council on Foreign Relations, which, what is that? That's a uh, group of industry and finance that was founded in the early, uh, late teens, early 20s to help guide U.S. national security policy, foreign policy. It's all about making money. Um, and they've been dominant in policy making ever since. And there are all sorts of other groups like this. U.S. government is dominated by private financial interests. Basically, in our lifetimes, it always has been. So with the UFO secret, this is simply no different. It's, it's business as usual. This is an important secret that has, to be, that has to be kept. And if you don't like it, get used to it. Sad but true. I wonder here in passing here whether we can have the ultimate conspiracy theory that we were brought into the Iraq war originally for financial interests, not because they were really Obviously. weapons of mass destruction. Even the current threat from this ISIS or ISIL organization, they're using the weapons that we left there. Well, don't get me started on this. I mean, we could, we could talk about this for hours because this is one of my little pet, <laughs> pet issues. Yes, of course, the, uh, both of the Gulf Wars, the one in 1990-91, that was the U.S. basically George Bush completely playing Saddam like a tool, like, a, like an instrument. And then in the second war in 03, you know, ditto, uh, completely having to do with uh, expropriating $30 trillion worth of oil under the ground in Iraq, which they did. And now, with you know, when you destroy a nation's infrastructure like the U.S. did with Iraq all during the, the 21st century. Pollute um, it with DU. De depleted uranium and you, you completely obliterate any kind of chance for that to be a healthy society. You develop is Islamic extremists. And in fact, what we now, it surely sure as hell looks like U.S., directly funded the group that is now known as ISIS, you know, back in 2011 when they wanted to take down Bashar al-Assad because they, they wanted, it's all about controlling natural gas in that region. It's all about controlling resources and also keeping Israel happy, which hates Assad. So they wanted to take him down. But what they did in, in this, instead is they destroyed the Syrian infrastructure and directly uh, led to the rise of ISIS. We created our own monsters. Yeah, and whether the only question is whether it's by stupidity or whether by design. And I think it's more the latter than the former. I don't think they're that stupid. Anyone even today with, with a brain in their head realizes that if you're going to fight ISIS with boots on the ground, you need Assad's army. There's no other force, none. Of course, they don't want to use that. So what are they going to do? They're going to come up with this fictitious, uh, you know, moderate rebels. There's no such group. They don't exist. So in other words... That may be a stupidity, but in reality, what you're looking at is story after story, certainly Turkey, which is a NATO nation, directly abetted the rise of ISIS. We know this. And it certainly looks like CIA had a hand, knowingly. It's a military-industrial profit center. I mean, it's a, it's a huge profit. Now, that's another big question, too, here. Do we think that some of the UFO-related events are also part of this military-industrial thing? We use UFOs to divert attention from what's really going on. It's a smokescreen. I think it, well, I've, I've argued for several years that there is this thing called a breakaway civilization. I, I, the more I look into it, the more I believe that I'm right. And um, so I think that we have developed, we, I say this loosely, humanity has developed in black budget world some highly, highly, unbelievably advanced technologies that are not part of the normal military arsenal. So beyond the F-22 Raptor, beyond any of these other things that we, that we read about, uh, I think that there are uh, 
big black deltas known as the flying triangles. I think that they work on some kind of principle of magnetism, electromagnetism. Um, and so, yes, I mean, there would be a motivation for those guys to use the UFO phenomenon to as a smokescreen for what they're doing, without a doubt. I don't know if, now, you know, 20 years ago, almost uh, in 1997, it was a CIA NRO historian named Gerald K. Haynes who wrote an article which got some play. This is during the 50th anniversary of Roswell. And he made the argument that, you know, all those UFO sightings of the 1950s, well, and we pretended there weren't any. It was actually us flying the U-2 and the SR-71 and, you know, the, uh, the A-12 ox cart, rather. That was a big load of BS. But, um, you know, there, when you look at that argument specifically, it's beyond weak. It has no validity. So there, there, there may be a few airline pilot sightings that, that spotted something uh, way above them traffic that they couldn't identify that was not officially there. But, but to just use that as, as a, you know, blanket explanation is just ludicrous. Right. And which is what CIA tried to do, you know, back in the nineties. But, but I think certainly in theory, it would, it would be in their occasional interest to, to hide behind an actual UFO sighting. I'm not really aware of, um, of any of these agencies seemingly doing that though. I don't know of examples in which they actually seem to have done that, but it would make sense. Of course, we can go back to World War II and the ghost rockets. And James Carrion has this book out called The Rosetta Deception. And we've had him debating with Stanton Friedman over the implications there. But he felt this was just something partly to spook the Russians more than anything else during the early days of World War II. Not a chance. Not not a snowball's chance in hell. Because no, all you have to do sure. is he does. He makes a pretty compelling argument uh, in terms of some of the key players in uh, deception uh, programs uh, that happen to be at the right place at the right time. I mean, there is a little bit of evidence to suggest that may, maybe some of these events could have been manufactured. Uh, so I, I wouldn't throw that, that, that baby all right, out. All right. So. Let me not say not a snowball's chance in hell, not a snowball's chance. Yeah. In hell. There, there's some pretty interesting, uh, compelling documentation that does suggest that, that yeah, we did like have some very, it. very I, key. I haven't read the book. I, I, I admit I'm arguing out of ignorance here of what Carrion has said yeah. explicitly. However, I've read many U S state department cables of that event. I've read, uh, as much as I could read about it. Well, Everything has indicated to me. Separate reports of, of of the ghost rockets, including some down in the Mediterranean. Which well, you have it. You have a declassified uh, Swedish report from uh, forty plus years later, in which, in their incredibly roundabout bureaucratic manner, basically said that it is the conclusion of many of our high level personnel that this is technology that does not originate from this civilization, or words to that effect. Hmm. So that well, was classified for over forty years. Um, you know, I, I don't know if carry on deals with that, but no, I, I just don't, I don't buy it. It's particularly when you're talking about the quantity and it wasn't simply Norway and Sweden. No, we're talking Ghost about the phenomenon minutes. went throughout, it went throughout Europe. It yeah. was throughout Europe. Well, getting, getting back to this breakaway civilization idea, we have a question from Dave M at forum.theparacast.com where our listeners are able to ask uh, questions of our guests. And, and he's wondering if the U S already has a base on the moon and that might, be why we bypassed the moon 
mm-hmm. uh, and that we're probably going to be heading directly to Mars. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Do you think yeah. that we do have a presence on the moon already? It's fascinating to me. I had. A, I Let me do the break here because then we can pick up on the question of the breakaway sure. civilization. More about breakaway civilizations and the implications thereof in a moment. But first, I want to tell our listeners that we have a free book to give away, Secrets of the Mysterious Valley from Chris O'Brien. Here's how you get a copy. You go to theparacast.com, theparacast.com. Right there, front and center, is a sign-up form for our weekly newsletter. Just send us your email address. You get the free newsletter. Not a lot of junk mail, just the newsletter. And we'll send you a copy of Chris O'Brien's Secrets of the Mysterious Valley. As you see here The discussion we're beginning with Richard Dolan will not finish today. The book is UFOs for the 21st Century Mind, and we're getting into the question of breakaway civilizations, an alternate, more advanced space program, and more with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. UnseenNow.com, proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. Good people need help. The Homeowners Association said we had weeds and fined us $25. We told them they had the wrong house. They said if we didn't pay it, they'd file a lien. Our attorney demanded photographs, witnesses, and told them if they couldn't provide this, they must cease and desist. Issue solved. Worry less and live more with LSProtection.com. That's LSProtection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. That's 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now, 1-888-912-1595, 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595, 1-888-912-1595. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we have Richard Dolan, and we're speculating on what the government may or may not know, what private industry may or may not know about UFOs, about a breakaway civilization, and is there this 
alternate, more advanced space program out there. You know, in theory, we kind of let things die after we went to the moon. We never had that intense effort anymore. Is it possible that on the QT, we colonize the moon and more? Yeah, I'll tell you a couple of, of thoughts that I have on this. One is uh, something that I've repeated now a number of times um, in some other interviews. It's a conversation I had, gosh, about a decade ago with Russell Targ, who, um, along with Hal Puthoff, created the um, remote viewing program at Stanford Research Institute, initiated by the CIA back in the day. And um, Russell, on one occasion, said to me, this is a, a nearly verbatim conversation. He said, um, Richard, back in the early 1980s, one of my tasks was to uh, train remote viewers at Fort Meade, Maryland, whose job was to remote view the far side of the moon. It was a bit of a pause. And I said, well, why would they do that, Russell? And he, he said, why do you think? Another pause. And I said, well, uh, were they looking for E.T. on the moon? He said, yes. He actually didn't say maybe, he didn't say no. He said, yes, they were going to look for E.T. on the moon. I said, well, did they find E.T. on the far side of the moon? He said, that wasn't part of my job. And he didn't tell me. And I think he said something like, I, I wasn't informed of it or I, or I can't tell you if I knew or something like that. And I believe him. I believe that he was telling me the truth about this. That's step one. That means in the early 80s, we had in the military reason to believe that there were beings on the far side of the moon. That's pretty interesting to me. Now you have a number of other allegations that have come out over the years about individuals back in the 1960s and 70s seeing directly uh, seeing images of, of structures on the far side of the moon uh, a woman named donna harris uh, speaking to nasa personnel and um, astronauts who she she said told her directly about such structures there's a lot of these types of stories that have come out over the years quite a few you've got the the apollo stories I happen to credit the one that was told by Timothy Good relating to a very close friend of his who said she overheard a conversation with Neil Armstrong at a party where Armstrong was asked by this PhD, what really happened on the moon? You know, the kind of question we would all like to ask. And Armstrong supposedly said, uh, according to this woman who overheard, yes, there are structures, there are menacing craft, you know, things of this particular sort. You have Buzz Aldrin making a couple of really loose cannon tape statements over the course of his career on one occasion saying that we were followed on the way to the moon, then backtracking saying, oh no, it was something we ejected. Didn't sound very convincing. And he's made other statements. I think when you look at this entire scenario, that there's a very strong case that we've been that there's something on the backside of the moon. And furthermore, I'm, I'm not right now currently working a, a, a source, retired NASA, high-level, prominent man, who basically made, he, not basically, he explicitly made the statement that every single NASA mission that was from Mercury right up till today has been monitored by what we would call UFOs. So that there's something important going on here. There's an enormous part of our reality that's basically being hidden from us. And if you've got breakaway civilization technology, which I can explain what I mean by that, but I think that that means we have the ability to go off world. I think that means that we have capabilities covertly that are vastly beyond what our official civilization has. And this is not illogical, frankly, not illogical at all. All right, let's look at this and the implications. So here, wouldn't it be better from a public relations standpoint to show our space program to be more developed than it is? Not if the implications are so revolutionary for your society that it turns the whole structure of power upside down. Because if you, if you um, tell the world, oh yeah, we, we've got these black triangles that can go off planet. Well, you can't be a little bit pregnant and you can't 
a little bit disclose the reality of this. You just can't do it. If you're going to talk about it, you have to go all the way in. And that's, that's just too dramatic. This is why The Secret started when it did back in the 1940s, when, this, when the implications became obvious. Because a 10-year-old child seeing a black triangle or any object that instantly accelerates is going to realize that they're not using gasoline to move around. They're going to understand this. In other words, implicit within the, the answer to the UFO propulsion mystery is a post-petroleum future. Now, that could be a great thing for humanity, but that's really not a good thing for those people who are running the, the global structure of power right now. In our pockets for three plus dollars a gallon. Three, that's right. And, and uh, an entire financial global infrastructure that is uh, reliant on the petrodollar, by the way, which is why the U.S. is at war with Russia right now. So that whole petroleum paradigm, from their point of view, there, there's no way they ever want to take that down. And, you know, back in 1950, by the way, to them, it seemed like there was enough oil to last forever anyway. You know, by 1950 levels of consumption, actually, it would have been no problem. Uh, we're at a point now where we're sucking it down in, in a way that's vastly, vastly more intense than what happened, than what was happening 60 years ago. So if you, if you tell the world that you've got this advanced space program, there's going to be a lot of questions. And think about this. You know, if, if a guy has an affair on his wife that lasts for a couple of weeks, that's one thing. If he has an affair on his wife that lasts for 20 years and then he's got to explain that, that's a little more difficult. If you've got this secret of this advanced technology all these years with classified patents that have held the future of the rest of humanity hostage, which is the case, and then suddenly you say, oh, yeah, yeah, we've got this uh, off-world capability, do you not think that there are going to be a lot of angry people on this planet? A lot of angry people. They're not necessarily going to all roll over with a dog-like obedience to authority and say, oh, yeah, well, whatever you say, boss, there will be people who will who will want to have lawsuits. There will be people who will want to do worse than that over having been lied to for years and years and having, again, having their future held basically in neutral while the rest of this secret world goes far ahead. All right. You know, just looking at this is incredibly fascinating. And you're telling me here that the evidence you see is from what, a whistleblower here and there who comes to you with this information? These information, well, it, it's information that I... I'll get through other researchers, but information that does come to me through people that whose acquaintance I make, who, who I interview and tell me about their families. And I've had quite a few of these people. Why are you so lucky to get these people? I don't know. They know who I am. I get, I'm very public. I'm very sociable. I'm not like a lot of other researchers. I really don't just keep to myself. I'm out there. I'm constantly out there meeting people. I do conferences 15, 20 a year. Uh, I have a Facebook page. That's got, I've got thousands of, of people who follow me and I'm, I'm active and I talk to them. I mean, I'm, I'm pressing myself into, into a great number of people all the time. And, and I'm visible. I'm well known as a researcher in this field. So people will eventually speak to me. Um, you know, when I get a story from someone, I always have to ask myself, are they, are they playing a game here with me? But I, I feel like I've known many of these people fairly well, and I don't think that's the case in most of these instances. You don't think there are people out there who don't want you to know the secret, whatever it might be, who are not trying to use disinformation to fool oh, you no, and no. send you stuff that maybe I, is I believe, fake? I believe I've had that happen to me, for sure. For sure. But I would say the vast majority of individuals I've communicated with are not 
are not like that. No, I think most of them, uh, they have very limited information. We've got li- little bits and pieces here and there. And I, I just simply do my best to put it together. That and kind of reminds scores, me, Richard, of, of the gentleman that uh, you, you interviewed that was used, the footage of the interview was used at the citizen yeah. hearing on disclosure. Um, I think he's been named now anonymous is kind of his, his, yeah. his tag. Can you tell us just a quick thumbnail sketch of how you met him? He, he would be a good I'd be example happy to, of somebody yeah. that, that you're talking about. We're running out the clock here. Why don't you start for about 30 seconds and we'll pick it up on our next segment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Chris. I, I like that man. I'm still troubled by the interview. The, the whole way it came about was uh, not through any initiative of my own. I was actually asked explicitly by my friend Stephen Bassett, who uh, knew about this. Um, this man had also been cultivated by another UFO researcher named Ron Garner for many years. Um, he was, I was told that he was not going to live very long and he had potentially explosive information. And I was asked whether I would go up to interview this man. And so I, uh, with a lot of hesitation, I eventually agreed to do it. Let's talk about that interview, that meeting in a moment with Richard Dolan and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. 
Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Richard Dolan joining us with Gene and Chris in the Paracast. And he's telling us about visiting someone with a lot of fascinating and guilty knowledge to offer. Yes. Yeah, so this was a gentleman who, uh, you know, I was, I was told was very, very ill. Uh, would I meet with him to do an interview? And I, I eventually agreed to do it prior to meeting this man. He, he and I, I will just say he lives in Northern Minnesota, really remote. I was given some, a lot of information about him, including his military papers, his DD two fourteen, and a number of other things. Um, I met his son-in-law while I was there, who really is a good guy. I think a stand-up guy who knows his father-in-law story very well. So I sat down to interview this man in a, in a uh, tiny little motel room in the middle of nowhere. And um, it's on YouTube. I, when I did this interview, I can just say I had no idea that it was going to be put out there so quickly on YouTube. For me, it was an exploratory type of interview. The, the problem that I have with this man, and I'll, I'll describe the story in a minute, is simply that to this day, I have not been able to vet one way or the other what, he's, with what he says is true or not. I've had people write to me saying me that he's full of it. Other people who say, no, no, I think he may be legit for a couple of reasons. A lot of people are, are very skeptical of him. Um, fundamentally, the interview was him talking about while in the, in the Army Signal Intelligence in the late 50s, he was recruited by uh, a, a gentleman who was CIA. So he did double duty working for the CIA in the late 50s, accepting UFO reports from Europe. That was his initial job. Uh, talked about a little bit of that. Um, I'm not sure if this is on the YouTube video. I, it may not be, but um, he, he remembered sh uh, seeing, he said to me, a, a, a picture of a landed craft in Italy and a being near it. That was definitely an alien being, he said. Anyway, the real explosive thing of what he said to me was that at one point his boss was brought into Washington to meet President Eisenhower, and he accompanied his boss. He was a young man at the time. 
And supposedly Eisenhower said to them, I have tried and tried and tried and tried to get information out of what's going on with the extraterrestrial situation down uh, near Area 51. I have not gotten anything except blown off and I'm sending you to go in. You're going to find out what is the status of this program. And if I don't get satisfactory answers, I will invade. This is the words he used, invade Area 51 uh, with the army. Holy smokes. <laughs> That's, so, you know, this man's telling me this story. My eyebrows are going up into my hairline uh, as I listen. And, you know, just from my point of view here, it, it, you have to understand this man, his health was so bad when I interviewed him. I actually was afraid at one point he was going to die right in front of me. He was just coughing and he was so weak. Uh, you know, I did question a lot of the things he said to me, but that didn't all make it into the, um, into the YouTube video, unfortunately. But essentially what he said is they went out to Area 51. They were greeted by a local uh, officer, and there were two other CIA people who also met, so it was five people. And they were given a tour of the base. And really what he describes is very comparable to what Bob Lazar described, you know, back in 1990 uh, when he interviewed with George Knapp. So they saw a hangar with uh, some craft inside there. Then they were taken, this goes beyond Lazar. He said they were taken to another area where we saw a, uh, a video of an alien autopsy. And the most explosive thing he said is that we saw behind a glass a live being that was there. He said he looked oriental. That was the language this man used. And um, I heard him telepathically, uh, one sentence he said was, we mean you no harm. That was, that was the nuts and bolts of what this man said to me. That's out on YouTube. It's 17, 18 minutes long. I actually interviewed him for a much longer period of time than that. I, I've had mixed feelings about that video being out because from my point of view as a researcher, I really did not, I would not want something going out connected to my name that I wasn't 100% sure of. And I'm not 100% sure. I don't think this man's lying. Don't get me wrong. I think he's an honest man. But his health was so bad his mind was foggy, really foggy. He couldn't remember the name of like J. Edgar Hoover, for example. I mean, he just wasn't, he wasn't firing on all cylinders, in my opinion. And was there anything that might be considered confabulation? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. So, you know, without documentary information supporting it, I was just uncomfortable with the video going out, but I didn't have control over that. Yeah, you know? but who put the video out? Well, it was connected to uh, the Citizen Hearing on Disclosure, which is organized by Stephen Bassett or, and produced by two very good people, Ruben Langdon and Jeremy uh, Scoville, who, um, I mean, I know and I like Jeremy very much. I don't know who owns the video, but it was played at uh, the Citizen Hearing, which was uh, spring of 2013. Right, and that, that section that was actually uh, uh, played was what ended up on YouTube? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw, when it was aired at the citizen hearing, that was the first time I saw it. And I thought, oh, wow, I wasn't quite expecting this. <laughs> so, well, there you go. Well, I'm surprised that they didn't um, bounce that scenario off you before oh, they just went ahead. So many people. So crazy. It was just, it was an insane week. Everything yeah. was just crazy that week. Okay. Now, do you ever wonder here when you get these so-called late in life confessions or even some of those infamous deathbed confessions yeah. that maybe the person who's delivering this, you know, other than the fact that memories change over the years. And if you're older and your memories aren't secure about anything that could be part of the problem, but they're doing it to maybe give themselves a little fame and fortune at the end, or maybe they'll be able to sell their stories mm -hmm. so that they'll have some money for their families to go on. 
I guess, but what you really find is that most of these confessions are made privately to one or two people. They're really not made uh, with the, they're not overtly, they're not obviously that type of a scenario. I'm I'm really not aware of it. Corso's the one. Corso's the one example that you could could make that case, I'm thinking. But uh, the fact is that there are just so many others that have been collected through the decades of people um, making such deathbed confessions to neighbors, to friends, to researchers privately. I, I don't I don't think that's the case, Gene. I just think that most of these people are trying to get something off their chest. Okay, so with Corso, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think um I never met Corso. I never had the chance to, to talk with him. He died in nineteen ninety eight, which was two years before I published my first book. Um like a lot of people, I bought his book when it first came out. I got the first edition, which had the, the forward by Senator Strom Thurmond, by the way, in which Strom Thurmond said, yes, Philip Corso is a great American hero. Uh, that forward was pulled immediately once Thurmond realized that this is a UFO book. That was kind of funny. Um, I think that, uh, you know, you have to look at Corso's background. He, he had a very good reputation within the military. He was the military liaison to a U.S. senator. He had a very strong reputation and one, as far as I can tell, for integrity. Um, the fundamentals, well, there's so many errors in the book that, you know, uh, researchers had, had a field day just pick, picking through the errors, uh, you know, fact-checking Corso's book and the errors were legion. Um, I, I heard a statement attributed to Corso. Uh, from someone who knew him fairly well. And in Corso, when he read the book that was co-authored by him, by him and Bill Burns of UFO Mag, that uh, he said, I, I almost don't even recognize this book. So I think the implication is that a lot was changed in that book from what Corso himself uh, had experienced. Do you think, Richard, in passing, that maybe these changes were made to make the book more saleable and that's why it happened. We have more, and Richard's answer in a moment. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Find out how to stop Big Brother in his tracks at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. 
That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 a little over a year ago i began to do a lot of research into why even though i had a pretty good sized meal that i was still starving and my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a -a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable and black bean olive go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today eat them every day take them camping or save them for an emergency check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon that's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in oregon by oregon trail foods 30dayfoodsupply.com Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? We have Richard Dolan. Of course, his new book is entitled UFOs for the 21st Century Mind, A Fresh Guide to an Ancient Mystery. And we're going to get more hot and heavy into that in a moment, but we've got so many subjects on the table, we'll never finish all of them. So let's just ask about... Philip Corso, yeah. A Day After Roswell, co-authored with Bill Burns. And Corso didn't recognize that book. Do I assume then that it was enhanced, fictionalized, whatever, to sell more books? Is that what happened? Yes, absolutely. I, I chatted with Bill Burns about this uh, on one occasion face-to-face uh, after he and I, we had words, not directly, but in different programs. In fact, it might have been on your program that Bill might have said this. I can't remember where he was, but I had I had stated this years ago that I thought the book was essentially the book made Corso's testimony useless for all time because there's so many mistakes in it that he was forever discredited. And Bill Bill one, you know, he said to me, look, you gotta understand 
this was for a major publishing contract. It had to be out for the 50th anniversary of Roswell. We were under deadlines. And, and it is true, Corso's initial manuscript was just almost unreadable. Uh, you know, it might have been useful for specific researchers who, to go through it, but it would not have been readable as a book. So it was Burns's job. He's a writer to go through that and to to make it into a readable book. Uh, as a publisher and editor myself, I realize how difficult that is. You can get some pretty bad manuscripts. And in his case, undoubtedly, he rushed into his case. Undoubtedly, there were mistakes that got into the book. And, and just for uh, our listeners uh, and the readers of the 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 original book, uh, The After Roswell, Open Minds has made that original manuscript available, uh, by the way. Yeah, very, very good. Very good point, Chris. Excellent. So anyway, I think that with the uh, with the book that came out, it was, um, you know, it, it just people had a field day on Corso. I think that there's probably something to it. I don't believe that Corso, you know, that his was the only group that segued acquired technology out to industry. I think his was probably just one. One group of several. Because he's doing this in 1960. You know, it's kind of late in the day. All right, let's go back to a subject we hit before, which is the crash retrievals, because you have a chapter in your book about this. And that is, if we have this hardware on ice, and we're dealing with several generations of employees who work at these companies, and have access to this material. Why hasn't more come forth about the actual study of the hardware? It's not, well, what people saw or remember, or remember what their relatives saw over at Roswell, and I have quibbles about Aztec we'll get into in a moment, but what about direct information on what we recovered? Well, actually, there was um, some very, very detailed testimony. A lot of people love to dismiss this, but I, I'm not so quick to dismiss it that Linda Moulton Howe has talked about the so-called Isaac testimony, which has to do with uh, Silicon Valley, early 1980s, and um, deep-level, deeply classified program to study what appeared to be alien technology. And it was actually a very explicit amount of testimony. The fact that it's out and people don't want to accept it, you know, that's one thing. I, I actually don't think that that's as... Um, I don't think that's fake. Um, a lot of people did. One of your co- former co-hosts, Gene, uh, tried to say that the images that were put out during that whole thing were CGI. I, I'm not really persuaded of that either. But certainly the testimony, there has been some that has come out detailing the the nature of the kind of scientific work. Uh, and the other, the other uh, source is uh, what Bob Wood has talked about for years and years, Dr. Robert Wood, the majestic documents, which if you were to print them all out, it would be almost two inches thick. It's a lot of these, it's not just seven, eight pages of majestic 12 documents. This is a, a large number of uh, documents that are not from photographic negatives either. They're actual paper that's been date tested and so on that actually do put to a story together of the um, of the attempts to study and attempt to replicate some of this technology. Since you raised that point, MJ-12 is an ongoing controversy. Stanton Friedman accepts the reality, but there have been recent public discussions, for example, involving Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, where he doesn't believe it for a moment. He said this for 25 years. That's right. He's he's sung the same tune for that. That's right. And Kevin Randall has been singing the same tune also in harmony. Right. So what is your take of that? Do you think that it's too obvious, MJ-12? 
Or maybe there are other documents that are authentic and MJ-12 was part of the disinformation? No, I think when you're talking about classified documents, you're not talking, you know, a, a classified document is not an infallible document. It's just a document that's classified. And it could be documents in the classified world that go through different um, stages of edit, editorial review. I mean, th- there's all kinds of possibilities here. I, I don't agree with uh, Randall or Hastings on this matter. I think they've been wrong, and I think they've been wrongheaded for years. I think Stanton is more right than wrong on the matter. I think that, uh, you know, I, I was a f- I was terrified for years of those initial majestic those uh, majestic documents. I'm not talking about the initial MG12. I'm talking about the ones that came from the attic of Tim Cooper, who himself was well connected with the U.S. defense establishment through his father, and um, that had been analyzed and analyzed and analyzed again and again by Ryan and Bob Wood. That I think overall show a high degree of credibility. And again, if you stack those documents up, it's it's an inch and a half, almost two inches high. There's a lot of them. If you read through them chronologically, you're going to be very hard pressed. If you, if you want to see them as a hoax, you have to ask yourself, who is hoaxing this? It's not one guy with an IQ of 250 out of someone's basement because that's the IQ you'd have to have to hoax all of those by yourself. So it's not so, just Richard Doty in his basement. Of course not. Not even close. Not a chance. That the sophistication, the complexity, the span of information. I mean, if this is a hoax, you're talking about a large team of PhDs to hoax it with real expertise in document creation, with real expertise in any number of uh, scientific fields and, and historical realities. So, so if that's the case, if they are a hoax, that in itself, it seems to me, almost attests to the reality of UFOs because you have to ask yourself, who are they hoaxing this for? Guys like me, researchers like like Stanton Friedman, really? Were that important that you would create an entire expensive team of PhDs to make this an unbelievable cache of documents? Well, why would you do that? Or would it be for the Russians? Well, if it's for the Russians, to what end? You know, you can't, disinformation is not the same as lies. Because if it was all lies, that would be the easiest thing to dismiss. So disinformation has to have truth in there to, for it to be credible. So if you're going to have disinformation for the Russians, then it has to be something like, if you're going to have UFO-oriented information that's disinfo for the Russians, then implicitly you're, you're recognizing that the Russians believe in UFOs. Because otherwise it wouldn't be credible as disinfo. So in other words, however you look at these majestic documents, this is why I have, I have a hard time with people like Hastings and Randall, because it's like you have the subtlety of a 10-year-old. They see the world in black and white. The world is not that simple. The world is not like like a 10-year-old child sees it, where it's just like either one thing or another. There are shades of gray throughout our our lives and our reality. If this is disinformation, it's important. And it's still, uh, in other words, it's still worthy of our attention. And there's still something very significant about these documents. For Hastings to say, as he's done since the late 1980s, oh, yeah, Bill Moore passed himself off as as an intelligence officer. And Bill Moore... Uh, seems to be lying about this. And Bill Moore made this crazy confession back in 1989. Uh, throw the whole thing out. To me, that's that's silly. To me, that's a lack of subtlety. It's a lack of sophistication. Let's look more into this and the implications. But I want to go back to one thing about crash retrievals. Now, with Roswell, 
We have lots of firsthand remembrances of things that happened. We can argue about the cause. We can say, okay, it was a spaceship. It was a test aircraft or something. Maybe it was the mogul balloons. And there are various reasons to say one or the other is correct. So that's the point. Mogul? Well, well, we're arguing the cause of a real event that we know something happened. Okay. And then we can talk about the different causes and the value of each cause. We'll go for that. With Aztec, there may be another problem, which I'll get into in a moment. We have Richard Dolan. This book that he has out is called UFOs for the 21st Century Mind. And we'll get into a little bit in our next segment about the goals, what he's trying to accomplish with it, because we're talking about the contents very much now. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Don't come complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. This is Kurt Seventy, author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. Aztec, New Mexico, 1948. Possible crash of a spaceship. Richard Dolan joins us. Now, we should tell you about the background of the Paracast when it comes to Aztec. We've had Scott Ramsey and Frank Warren talking about the subject several times. We had a debate, quote-unquote, with Scott Ramsey and Kevin Randall about Aztec. What bothers me about Aztec is, you know, with something like Roswell, everyone knows something happened. With Aztec, it's very hard to find anyone who thinks they remember that something happened. And the biggest presentation of Aztec is, of course, Frank Scully's book. And we can argue back and forth about the reputation of the two scientists from which he got the information, G. Bauer and Newton. We know there's a lot of controversy about that, but we don't have as much ironclad evidence of an event. It's either a few people who knew somebody and not much more. And I read your comments on it, and I think that Ramsey in his book on the subject did probably the best he could in trying to present a case in favor of Aztec. But don't you think it's really lacking compared to anything like Roswell? Well, it's not as strong a case as Roswell, for sure. I completely agree with that, Gene. Uh, but yes, I think it's important to, to mention this in context with Aztec. Aztec was the first UFO crash uh, that got a lot of ink in terms of a book treatment. Frank Scully, back in 1950, wrote about it. Within a couple of years, Scully's book was was ripped to pieces by a journalist named J.P. Kahn. Ever since then, the Aztec case was just – everyone ran away from it and said, oh, it's a hoax. It's a hoax. But what, what Scott Ramsey points out – this is really important – is that J.P. Kahn's entire motivation for going after Scully was – had nothing to do with intellectual integrity. It had everything to do with personal jealousy, and he was out to get Scully and, in fact, wanted – initially wanted to write the book with Scully. Like He was into it. He got really into the case, and when Scully basically – said, you know, the hell with you, I don't need you. Khan 
went this other route. And, and Scott and his wife, Suzanne Ramsey, really laid this out very, very well in their excellent book. Now, that doesn't prove that the Aztec crash itself was an alien crash, but it does give you pause to make, well, wait, if, so if the, if the accusation of hoax was itself motivated out of, you know, things that, motives that were not intellectually pure, then what was the case? And I think he put together something that is suggestive that something extraordinary did happen at Aztec. The case is never going to be as strong as the Roswell case, no question about it. But I think that it's, it's a really, it's a real possibility at this point. I think what we really need here is some more direct information. Like, for example, Kevin Randall had a piece, a couple of part articles over at a different perspective, his blog, from an engineer who lived in Aztec and I guess was aware of the claims. And he said, nobody remembers anything ever happening then. And the argument in that no, point, 60 plus years ago. Sure. But you're talking here about a small town, tiny town. Something really incredible happens a few miles nearby, mm-hmm. and none of the local populace knows anything about it. Nobody's talking about it. Think yeah. about the way the ta- – see, this is – I'm really glad you mentioned this because this just shows a very short-sightedness of, of thinking here. Uh, you've got a tiny town, admittedly, yes, and that's, that's part of the thing about it. This is – there's no internet. Very few – probably no one had their own telephone. I mean, much less internet. And if you have a recovery that takes place a few miles outside of town that is sealed off and amid a very patriotic population, this is right after World War II, and if the army says jump, you say how high. Um, I could easily, I could easily see this thing dying within a couple of years, maybe a few people talking about it right away, and then just a whole lot of nothing. That's the easiest thing for me to see. But so then like you do Aztec. see then, Richard, that if there wasn't a Frank Scully book, nobody would ever know about this case. Yeah, it would have, it would have gone away. Well, the same with Roswell. You know, had San Friedman not bumped into Jesse Marcel in New Orleans back in the late 70s, Roswell's story had a little more legs to it. Um, you know, it had the news article and there were people in the town talking about it quietly, but they would have all died off and the story itself would have died off and that would have been the end of it. And one thing that Scott Ramsey did find at Hard Canyon was the, um, I'm trying to remember, there's a concrete slab right. uh, that was used at the crash site that, that is suggestive and that it, it seemed to be there to support a, a crane that was there to remove the craft. I mean, there's actually something to go on here. And again, I agree with you in the sense that this is not as strong a case as Roswell, probably never will be. But I think the initial dismissal that lasted for generations you know, this reflexive fear of like, no one wants to be associated with a hoax. I think we have to rethink that. And I don't think that that's uh, really a smart way to look at this case. Okay. Now that concrete slab, I don't know, that might be stretching it because there could be other things it wanted to drag. Regardless, how at this point do we ever do anything more in getting information about Aztec? Unless there's somebody's diary somewhere, somebody's exactly. surreptitious photograph, somebody well, who really has something uh, you know. direct. Probably nothing. Probably the case is just going to sit where it is. I think it's gone probably as far as it can. I did get a statement a number of years ago. I had a conversation with William Steinman, who wrote an earlier book on Aztec back right. in the 80s. Not, not anywhere nearly as strong as what Scott and Suzanne Ramsey did. Not, not even close. But uh, Steinman told me personally that when he was investigating the Aztec case, he had a conversation with Bill Moore, who uh, 
you know, as we now know, um, was was talking with U.S. intelligence, was um, running some disinformation, at least on a limited scale, maybe maybe a larger scale, but at least on some scale. And when when Steinman told Moore that he was that you know the Aztec crash was was a, a real thing, Moore said, "Oh no, no, you're you're not going to write that." And, and Steinman said, what? What are you talking about? I'm not going to write that. Yes, of course I'm going to write that. It was, it was a real event. It was a real thing. It was E.T. Moore said, no, you're not. And Steinman said to me that at that point he asked Moore, who are you? Who are you working for? And um, Moore told him, I have always worked for CIA. There's never been a time in which I have not worked for the CIA. And you are not going to say that the Aztec crash happened. And Steinman basically set up yours and he ended up writing his book anyway. But that's the story that Bill Steinman said to me directly. Now, did Moore ever give a reason other than saying I'm with CIA and don't do it? Did he give any reason why Steinman shouldn't write about it? Bill Steinman didn't tell me anything more than that. I shared this story, by the way, with Linda Moulton Howe. Steinman had said almost the exact same thing to her as well. So he told Linda and myself, but I don't know anything more about why that would be the case. So weird, so weird. So anyway, we're covering the periphery of your book, mentioning things in it. Overall, what are you trying to do with UFOs for the 21st century mind? And I ask that in the context of the fact that, of course, you wrote those two volumes of UFOs in the national security state going through 1991. We assumed there would be a 1991 towards 2000, whatever version eventually. Was this a detour or what? A little bit of a detour. It's, uh, there certainly will be a third volume of the National Security State series. This is a different kind of a book. Um, a couple of years ago, I was asked by uh, kind of an online university at the time if I would do an introduction to UFOs type of a course. And I thought about it, they, and I agreed to do it. It would be 12 lectures, an hour long each, on my choice, however I wanted to, whatever I felt was important about the UFO phenomenon. And I thought this is a nice opportunity, and, and when I'm done with this, I'm going to turn it into a book, and this is the book. So this is my attempt to do an, a true, sophisticated overview of the entire crazy, amazing, fascinating subject of UFOs, everything that I feel is important about it. So there's a great deal of history from ancient aliens right up till today, uh, sightings that I consider to be important. I try to document that as well as I can, but there's much more. There's a lot of philosophy in this. In other words, what is it that constitutes a UFO, particularly in our era of drones and YouTube and uh, you know Adobe uh, Photoshop and so forth? But there's much more than that. There's several chapters that deal with the politics and, and my attempt to go deep with that politics, trying to understand how does a cover-up work, my current thoughts on that whole thing. But then there's much more than that. There's the science, the crazy science of this phenomenon. It doesn't seem to make sense, except that it actually does make sense when you look at contemporary de- de- uh, developments in science, everything from propulsion to space-time to uh, string theory to consciousness itself. And then there's a whole part of this a theme of this book, which is my own attempt to kind of come to terms with and confront the uh, infiltration, you might say, or the influence of new age thought, new age culture into the UFO culture. And what does that actually mean? Is that good? Is that bad? Is that helpful? Is that not helpful? Uh, And then there's a chapter that, um, you know, looks ahead at disclosure. I mean, I've written about this elsewhere, but current thoughts. There's another chapter just deals with the social implications of this phenomenon. And, and of course, um, that is looking at this in an era of copy and paste rumors on Facebook and YouTube and so forth. 
And of course, several chapters dealing with contact itself and what's up with that. What does that mean? What is I wanted it like? to ask about the you contact know? aspect and the adoptions yeah. aspect in our next segment. We'll go more into this. Richard Dolan with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. UnseenNow.com, proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. one 888 9121595 Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Richard Dolan, we're talking about UFOs. For the 21st century mind, we've been focusing on a lot of the national security stuff about Roswell Aztec and the implications. And the reason I want to talk about this chapter eight called Contact and Abduction is because a couple of weeks ago, we had Robert Salas on the show. Of course, we know about Malmstrom and we're talking about a guy who was in the military and he's a pretty straight-laced kind of guy, mathematician, everything. And suddenly he's laying this abduction tale on us, Richard Dolan. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, what is your take about abductions? And I think the other thing we always focus on when we talk about abductions is the way the information is brought forth and whether you think that when we're starting to use hypnotic regression, there's so much the danger of basically contaminating the evidence and their memory. Yes, these are very, really important questions, Gene. Um, I I was as 
astonished as probably anyone else when I learned that Robert Salas had, had said that, yes, he too was an abductee and he wasn't going to hold back anymore. And I just thought, wow, I, I don't really know what to say about that. It's, I, I, I've not really delved into it with him. I haven't spoken with him in any detail and I haven't, I haven't read the details of what he said. I only heard about it uh, probably like a lot of other people. The thing is with abduction, you know, 20 years ago when I started researching UFOs, I, I remembered thinking, I'm not going to get into any weird stuff like abductions and crop circles and mutilations. I'm just going to study UFOs like as if that wasn't strange enough. But the fact is to ignore abductions would be – I often liken it to going to this amazing beach and you just put your, your little toe in the water and you say, okay, I've had enough. Uh, there's a whole big ocean out there and at some point, you know, if you're brave enough, you have to swim. Abductions are an apparent phenomenon that will not go away. Again, I, I mean, for years I would read what other researchers have to say about it, but I can just say in my own journeys in this field, I've, I've uh, interviewed um, dozens of individuals, men and women, who've had what seem to be abduction experiences. I have not hypnotically regressed them because I can't do that. All I can do is listen carefully and try to keep them calm while they, while they tell me what they remember. But there's a lot of these stories out there. There's something happening to many, many people and what, what disturbs me more than anything else is that they go through their lives with this event that often is traumatic, sometimes transformative, but often it is traumatic. And they, they feel like they can't tell anyone because they'll, they're subject to ridicule. So I think that there's something happening. I think that there is an agency, there's a group, there's someone that is indeed taking people. This is not all bedroom uh, sleep paralysis. You know, sleep paralysis is a real thing, but some of these abductions happen in, in people's cars and they happen with waking knowledge and not all of them require hypnotic regression, by the way, to be recalled. So there's enough out there to persuade me that this is a real phenomenon and that this is somehow connected with what we call UFOs. Not that there's not a military component, not that there's not a black budget component to this. I think there is. There's definitely, in my view, there's an abduction phenomenon that's happening. I uh, tend to agree. Um, I, I've had my own uh, up close and personal experience when I was very, very young. I was a six or seven year old. So, I mean, I do think that there's something to it, but it's infinitely more complicated, I think, than any sort of standard ufological explanation. Uh, there's, it's just infinitely more complicated. And I don't think it's, it's something that you know, can be solved by, by one case or even by analyzing all the cases. I think each one uh, has a level of strangeness that's unique to that particular person in that particular case. It's almost like the individual is filling in the details of some sort of um, not quite manifest event. It's really hard for me to describe. I, I think uh, you're onto something here, Chris. I, I, I really, I've, I'm very, very uh, in line with what you're saying. This is highly complex. One of the reasons I wrote this book UFOs for the 21st Century Mind, I wanted it to be the single best sophisticated entry point into this subject that's been written. I mean, right. it's, five, it's 500 pages, so it's not a short book, but it's, it's not outrageously long, and it really is my attempt to cover everything, everything that matters. And, and one of these things is the fact that this is a strange, strange phenomenon. My feeling at this point is that what we encounter as UFOs, it, it, it exists. What I like to think of is like at the edge or beyond the, the fence of our reality. You know, we have this, right. it, it's like if we're fish in the water and then someone comes into the water 
and then they leave. We don't know how to, we wouldn't know how to imagine life outside the water, uh, but we would have occasional encounters with something that enters our domain. And I think that this intelligence is kind of like that. I think they come into our reality, which, you know, we perceive reality through space and through time, but we, we do know intellectually that space and time are not what our common sense tell us anyway. It's not what Isaac Newton said exactly. You know, time doesn't just go and space doesn't just go. They're connected like a fabric and they're affected by things like gravity and by other things. And and these other beings, it seems to me, they have an ability to play games with space and time in a way that we ordinarily do not. And so they can manipulate our reality. And, and I think we're kind of outmatched by them. It doesn't mean that we can't try to grasp what's happening. But And then this other thing that you just said, this kind of individuality uh, of the phenomenon, there does seem to be aspects of this that are highly individual, that uh, engage in what we would call synchronicity and other strange things that, you know, if you have a mechanical Victorian sort of worldview that's very materialist, this doesn't really fit into it easily. <laughs> you know, so there's some very strange things going on here. Yeah. And that's part of the reality that we're dealing with. Well, that, br- that brings me to a question from one of our listeners, uh, Technomage, who has been a, a poster at forum.theparacast.com for almost two years. He doesn't post that often, but he always posts good questions for our guests uh, here at the Paracast. And his first question is right in lines with what we were just talking about. He wants to know what your thoughts are about the absurd nature of certain UFO encounters, like aliens constantly being seen digging soil samples, performing primitively painful medical procedures, uh, giving, uh, what's his name, Joe Symington uh, pancakes, for instance. (laughs) Isn't this a problem for the ET hypothesis and those who are convinced that these are uh, beings from other planets coming here? It's a very good question. I think we've all asked ourselves something like that. Um, As I said earlier in this conversation that we had, one of the problems with what we call UFOs is that no matter what hypothesis you choose, there are real issues with it, that none of the hypotheses really are a perfect fit. None of them are. Not the Nazi UFO theory, not the U.S. black budget theory, not the time traveler theory, none of them. None of them really work. Uh, smoothly. Well, they all have just enough data to support them, but there's so much more data to refute them. <laughs> it's right. like the, so, the mutilation phenomenon. Who's yeah. behind the mutilations? The debunkers, you know, are correct, to, but only up to a certain point. The uh, people who think it's military uh, or some sort of health arm of the government, there's enough data to support that, but there's tons of data right. to refute it. And the same with the uh, with the ET hypothesis that they're well, gathering genetic material. Absolutely. Well, one of one of the hypotheses that at least I I entertain is one that Jacques Vallée, uh, you know, introduced many years ago. I don't know that this is true, but it actually would speak to that question and some of these others, which would be that they're they're kind of messing with us. You know, they're sort of engaging in our culture in a certain way with a certain idea, with an intention of causing slow transformations of the culture. Right, I'm not saying right. this is the mythological case. programming. Yeah, but but actually, in a sense, there is a kind of logic to that. Yeah. I don't know this is the case, but if I were doing counterintelligence and trying to figure this out, that would have to be a real possibility. And it makes sense to me because even as I point out in my new book, I, I think there's a lot of the ancient aliens arguments that just falls flat on his face. It doesn't hold up. But right. there's enough. there are enough anomalies, in my view, about our ancient past to convince me that there's a big, as I call it, a big hole in our ancient history and that it's very possible that there was something very, very advanced 
interacting, either our own civilization or some other that was interacting with us thousands of years ago. I, or I we developed think, uh, you know, you know, technologies that have been lost now. We developed them uh, independent of any sort of outside influence. Oh, entirely possible. And, absolutely. And one of the hypotheses we have to entertain for UFOs is that uh, there could be an ancient breakaway civilization that um, you know, obtained some kind of important secret and decided they weren't going to share with the rest of the poor slobs on this planet and in some secret manner have kept themselves going with their own knowledge, esoteric knowledge. Maybe this is it. Uh, when you look at uh, certain studies, I just recently read Manly P. Hall's uh, classic book, Secret Teachings of, of oh, the yeah. Ages. Right. I mean, my goodness, he wrote that in his 20s. Unbelievable. Back yeah, in, It's a huge book. Uh, it's, just, it's a work of genius. Right. And what he does is he kind of takes you through like a lot of these esoteric societies and telling you what it seems like their belief systems were. And, and the idea that the ancient knowledge was closely held, guarded secret. Well, Sounds like today, closely held, closely guarded yeah, secret. Exactly. Richard Dolan is with us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Adam Miller here with Midas Resources. Today is October 24th, 2014. Gold opened at 1233.30. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1278.54, 639.27 for a half ounce, or 319.63 for a quarter ounce. That's 1278.54, 639.27, and 319.63. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explained this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, 
Mexican, six vegetable, and black bean olive. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today. Eat them every day, take them camping, or save them for an emergency. Check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon. That's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in Oregon by Oregon Trail Foods, 30dayfoodsupply.com. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. You did that one. Richard Dolan is joining <laughs> Chris, us. Hey, man, Chris, you dropped the ball. I had to take over. Um, thanks, Rich. I had my mute button on. I was coughing before. <laughs> I helped you out, buddy. Appreciate it. You and Nick should get together and practice. <laughs> Nick, what, Pope? Redfern. Nick Redfern. Redfern he, yeah. he constantly is uh, aping me on the uh, when he comes on. <laughs> love, love Nick Redfern. The Paracast. <laughs> He's very good at the shadow type of laugh. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Whoa. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but we aren't here to talk about laughter. We're here to talk about. No, this is very serious stuff. And, sure. and a very serious book. You know, Richard, uh, looking at the book, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of what I attempted to do with Stalking the Herd. It started at the very beginning and end in the present. Put everything out there that you possibly, possibly could fit in that was relevant and do it in such a way that it's accessible and objective. And you. uh, you've really accomplished that. This is really, I think, a major work. I think it's the most important UFO book of the year possibly of several years. And uh, my hat's off. I really want our listeners uh, to go out and get this book, uh, order it, study it. There's something in there for anyone, no matter what level of uh, knowledge that you have about this subject. This is an incredible reference book. And my, my hat's really off to you, Richard, on this. It was an amazing work. You really put a lot, so of, much, Chris. a lot of time and effort and thought into this. I, I, I so very much appreciate that. Coming from you, I, I respect you and your work so much. I, I will say when I wrote this book, I wrote it differently than every other book I've done. In other words, I actually wrote this book out without even thinking too much about citations. I just wrote it. I just right. wrote it. Um, and then I realized, well, I've got, I've got to put my citations in. So I went back over it and found everything. And there's about 500 or more citations, which is low for me, actually. But right. uh, there's enough to give people a, a very clear idea of where this information is coming from. I just don't make it I up. only have one problem with the book. You did not mention the over 1,200 uh, UFO sighting events that occurred in the San Luis Valley from 92 to 96. But I, I should have a yeah. slide on that. 
No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and probably I, I, I should have done that. Um, you know, part of it is simply, you know, what gets, what makes it to the, to the page and what makes it to the cutting floor. I wanted to keep this book down to 300 pages. Yeah, it went right. up to nearly 500 pages and, uh, there's still so much more. When I, when I do the third volume of the national security state series, I absolutely intend to cover that, um, you know, very, very fairly. And, well, and the NORAD event of 1995 was probably the most important, uh, event that included, uh, involvement with the, with NORAD and the military. Uh, that event, uh, I think is, is hugely overlooked and it could be incredibly important. And, um, if you at least cover that event, I'll be happy. No, thank you for mentioning that. And I, I do appreciate it. And, you know, honestly, if I'd had, uh, after you finish a book like this, there's always things that you think, oh God, I, I wish I'd included this oh, yeah. or that. And I, and I know that's one of those things I, I probably ought to have included. Yeah. Well, you got time for your next volume of the uh, National Security State volumes. I have some other questions here we'd love to get into. Uh, just real quick. Uh, this one comes from Ashtray, who is uh, a, he's been a, a poster for a year, but he's only posted nine times. So you brought, you're bringing him out of the, uh, out of the, uh, the woodwork. Great. Here, Great. In which way has the whole UFO topic changed your religious belief system? Do you still believe in some sort of God? That's a good question. You know, I don't believe in the, the desert sky god mythology. I don't believe in the cartoon version of, I mean, that's really what Judaism, Christianity, Islam really are. In my view, I look at them as cartoons um, for what, what should be true spirituality. Sorry if I'm offending anyone, but look, this is my opinion. Uh, uh, spoken me. like a true Gnostic. <laughs> well, right. So, um, so I, I went through, every, spiritually, I think I've gone through the whole whole journey you know i went through years where i thought i was an atheist and i actually i'm not an atheist any longer i do believe that there's a kind of transcendental reality i, I believe in other words in the survival of some kind of uh being part of us after our, the deaths of these physical physical bodies call it the soul this is good a word as any the ancients used it i think that there's something like a soul uh, i happen to believe i don't know this uh but i uh, what what can any of us know but i believe that um, probably the way that we comport ourselves in this reality might have some determination on the quality of our existence afterward, after we shed this mortal coil. Uh, has the UFO phenomenon affected my belief system? Not really so much, although through the UFO phenomenon, I did a, a long study of remote viewing, and it was a study of remote viewing that actually did affect my spiritual beliefs. I will say that. Like, um, you know, the recognition that many remote viewers are able to see things not simply across space, but across time. There's some very good examples of this. In other words, seeing the future. Joe McMonagle, um, who I've gotten to talk to about this, is one very good example. There are others. So at one point I asked myself, like scientifically, how is it, that, is this is possible? I mean, what does it say about the fabric of reality that a human being can see across space or time? What part of us is doing that? What part of reality are we affecting when we're seeing? I mean, it's crazy questions. But what I believe is that there's a part of us that is able to transcend what we ordinarily perceive as space and time. And that part of us, that's what I, I, would, I would call that the soul. And I think that that is a separate aspect of our existence. And so I do have that, that aspect of spiritual belief. I would never presume that I would call that knowledge. This is where I, I complain about Christian fundamentalists or Islamic fundamentalists or any fundamentalists. I, get, I call them spiritually greedy. You know, it's like, it's one thing to have faith. What is faith? Faith is a little bit of hope, a little bit of belief. It's not knowledge. If it were knowledge, that's the word we would use. Faith is not knowledge. 
So with faith, you have to have a little bit of uncertainty. You have to be comfortable with uncertainty. But there are people who are not comfortable with uncertainty. They get greedy. They want to know it all. Well, ancient people, whether the ancient Greeks who talked about this or the ancient Hebrews who talked about this in stories like the Tower of Babel, you know, when you try to put yourself at the level of the gods, that is thinking that you know, not just think, believe, but you know what God's will is or you know this or that. Well, God's going to mess you up. (laughs) The Greeks called it hubris, a certain pride that puts you on the level of the gods and they would smack you down. In the Tower of Babel story, people wanted to create a tower to reach God and God said, oh, no, you ain't and dispersed them with different languages. Well, that's a brilliant metaphor. You know, it's, it's for us to understand that it is actually not the place of human beings to have true omniscience. It is not the place of human beings to put themselves at the level of the gods. There's always going to be doubt. So when when you get these fundamentalist types, I I, I call that greedy. You know, we're not we're not supposed to you can't know. So be comfortable with some uncertainty and just get over it. Um but I I believe or at least I think that there's that there's a reality that follows the death of my body. Um I can call that faith and I I don't mind calling it that. I've always likened it like this is kindergarten and all we're doing is uh, hoping to graduate kindergarten and go on to first grade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I think, you know, there, there was um, an old uh, book, uh, an old yoga book from the 1930s that I browsed through about a, a year ago. And um, the last page or so it was kind of this amazing book. And the guy said, I, I met with this guru in India and he called, he said, we are all those of us on the path that we are candidates for humanity. We're candidates for humanity. I thought that was a beautiful expression. In other words, implying that we're really, we're not fully human. There's so much potential. We can be, but if we, if we put ourselves along the correct path, we are at least candidates for that. We're candidates for something. I'll sure tell you that. <laughs> Richard Dolan is with us and you're hearing about a lot of fascinating stuff and a show that's really too short to contain it all. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? 
That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. one 888 9121595 The human body is extraordinary despite all the stresses we inflict upon it it still works hard to stay in balance thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced this excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels cleans arteries promotes good circulation balances cholesterol and more hb extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain sickness and fear recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com Hi, this is Ted Phillips, listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. Let me remind you that we have a free copy of Chris O'Brien's Secrets in the Mysterious Valley to send to you. Sign up for our newsletter at theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Pay a visit. You'll see up there a place where you can subscribe to our newsletter and once we get your subscription within a few days, we'll get a copy of the book. Speaking of books, this book we're talking about is UFOs for the 21st Century Mind, A Fresh Guide to an Ancient Mystery by Richard Dolan. And Chris is asking the questions that you listeners have asked of Rich. Go ahead. Here's another question from Ashtray, and um, I'm sure it's one that you get all the time, but just you know, to make it official here, have you ever been approached by some high-level person because you're getting too close to the truth? Uh, not really. No. I mean, I've talked to high level people, um, never in a confrontational way and, and they've never like approached me because uh, they need to warn me off of anything. I've never had that experience. Yeah. I've had, I've had experiences when I concluded that I was being monitored, 
I had experiences when um, I concluded that someone was trying to to mess with my research by disinforming me. I had that. Right. I, I I think that's the case. I, I, even to this day, I don't know for sure. But I've never been warned. I've never felt threatened. I had one in my whole time doing this. I had one very bizarre feeling that I might have been under some kind of attack. And I, I don't even mind mentioning it. it was back in 2005 in November at one of the crash retrieval conferences, which was run by uh, Ryan Wood and Bob Wood. Um, it was in a hotel that was in, um, hell was it, in Las Vegas. Yeah. And um, I forget the name of the hotel. I have to look it up. But it was a, you know, tall hotel and it was all like inside. Like, so you could, the elevators, you could see the elevators going up from the inside lobby. So anyway, I don't ordinarily get headaches, but I, I got a, a ripping, a ripping headache during much of that conference. It was so bad that I had it. After I did my lecture, I was at my table and, and my head was like exploding. I didn't understand why. So I had to leave the conference briefly to lie down. I went up to my hotel room, went into my room and I laid down for about an hour. And after that time, my headache was subsided mostly. It's like 80% gone. So I thought, okay, I'm going to rejoin the conference. And literally the moment I stepped out my door, the moment my foot like hit the, hit the uh, outside my door, the headache came back in absolute full force. And again, the room would be like completely visible from even the lobby. All the rooms were visible from the lobby in this hotel structure. So I, went, I rejoined the conference anyway, and I was just in agony the whole day. And I and there were some very odd people at that particular conference. Um, a lot of these UFO conferences, you know, you get a, a wide range of people. You get people who are truly kind of off, off the wall crazy, but you get a lot of brilliant people. And you do get a lot of people who seem to be in the, um, the spook community, whether military or military intel or what, some intel. Right. And, they, and especially those conferences, the crash retrieval conferences, there are always a lot of them. How do you know this? How do I know you that there are that? What's the telltale sign that this person's a spook? Oh, well, my goodness. When you, when you talk to someone, when they, they have, there's a certain demeanor with these people, first of all. Yeah. These are serious people. They're usually very well-mannered, very well-groomed. Um, and they're exactly articulate, precise in the way they speak to you. And they have a depth of knowledge that it's obvious. This is just not amateur town when you get to some of these people. Yeah, they're usually dressed in beige, uh, beige safari suits. <laughs> I call uh, them the MIPs, the men in beige. Um, that's interesting. I guess, yeah, maybe. Um, but they're very, they're very exact. They're very intelligent and very knowledgeable. And this is not something that you just, people casually acquire these personalities and, and knowledge. So I think there's a lot of those types. And actually, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine, uh, Victor Vigiani is up in Canada. Victor, Victor's a good guy. He he told me of a, a, a friend, he had an acquaintance, I guess I should say, he made him in Australia back in the 90s uh, through his wife, some casual thing. This guy had worked with uh, US CIA and um, they were having drinks and everything was casual, but somehow the UFO thing came up and, and all the guy said to Victor was, oh yes, uh, there's always, you know, we always keep an eye on the UFO people. And he basically made it clear that they, they would go to conferences and they would attend and just kind of see what's happening in that whole community. I think Victor was telling the truth. I, I mean, I think Victor got that accurately. I know he was telling the truth. Well, now that we're on the subject, uh, this next question comes from Sigil, who uh, lives up there in Dingleberry, New York, and <laughs> <Dingleberry>, claims, <really? laughs> claims he's a lab rat at a large computer company. 
anyway, he's a fairly new sign-up at forum.theparacast.com. He has a number of questions here. And the first one is, what three-letter establishment do you suspect is holding the most data regarding the UFO phenomenon in our government? And then he says, what other country or foreign establishment do you suspect holds the most outside of the U.S., China or Russia? Oh, good questions. Well, uh, I think one three-letter establishment that no one ever talks about that has to have a huge amount of data is the NRO. NRO. For sure, man. National Reconnaissance Office, which officially speaking uh, controls and monitors all U.S. spy satellites. And they've done so since around 1960, 61. Uh, you know, for 30 years, it was a felony to mention the existence of the NRO in the halls of Congress. It was actually uh, against the law. Uh, the NRO was outed in the early 90s, and we still really have almost no information about it. But I think the NRO, without a doubt, has a tremendous amount of data on this phenomenon. The NRO has its own close relationship with the NSA. Again, there's very little question in my mind that there's a great amount of data that the NSA has acquired on this. Uh, data with CIA. You know, a lot of these uh, three-letter agencies that, we, that are very well known, yes, CIA for sure, NSA for sure, NRO, absolutely for sure. And then you've got Navy. I mean, er everyone who's looked into this in, for any amount of time c concludes that the U.S. Navy is a serious player in the acquisition of knowledge of what we call UFO phenomena. Possibly more so than the Air Force even. Yeah, I think so, because uh, a lot of this phenomenon is below the water, is in the water. And um, I, in my own personal conversations, it's not that I run into Navy people more than Air Force people, but however it works out, I, I get a lot more interesting information out of Navy people than I've ever gotten out of Air Force people. Like, by far. By far. You know, these Navy people, you have to understand, like, someone who is very skeptical and thinking, oh, my God, well, how do you know they're just not lying to you? I guess part of what I would say is you have to be there. <laughs> I had a conversation with one uh, Navy officer. This is some years ago. I was like, 6'3", rock solid. This is exactly the kind of guy you'd want defending your country. And he's a good guy. He's a Navy recruiter. At least he was when I met him. Um, I was having a long conversation with him about an entirely different matter. It had nothing to do with UFOs. But then he realized that I was a UFO researcher. And after a lot of hesitation, he said, well, I, I'll, I'll tell you a story. And then he just tells me this amazing story about what happened to him in 1987 aboard the USS Saratoga. And, and I mean, I think he was absolutely credible. And I think if anyone were to sit in with this man about his story, they would believe him as much as I did. And I get these all the time from Navy people. And it's not that they're necessarily breaking security. Oh, they're just very quietly telling something that they experienced that I think they just had to get off their chest, you know? So I think the Navy is very much involved. There's a presence in our oceans of, uh, I call it the presence of an other. They're not us. Yeah, well, a classic book, Ivan T. Sanderson, Invisible mm -hmm. Resonance. If you haven't read it, go out and get it. Along it's a beautifully with written book. Yeah, it's, it's a beautifully written book. Sanderson was such a good writer. I, incredible claim. 50% of UFO sightings are located in and around uh, bodies of water, which yeah, uh, you I don't, you don't hear really people talk true. about that. I mean, there's a lot of water-based sightings. There's, I mean, a lot of them. So it's probably well, high that, number. That brings me to a question from Junius. He, he would like to ask you if you think the UAP, UFO phenomenon, are more likely to be time travelers as opposed to aliens from other planets. And I would add possibly other tenants in the building 
Are we dealing with something that's hiding in the oceans, for instance? Let's do that answer on the other side, okay? We have one more segment to offer here. And again, Richard Dolan's book, 500 pages of this stuff, UFOs for the 21st Century Mind. And as you see, we can only cut the surface here. We've got a lot more to go into. That's almost a watery pun there. With Gene and Chris, you're in. (laughs) The Paracast. Nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Time and time again. You need to come here and help us. We need assistance. Please. Those we should be able to depend on let us down. Federal and state and local officials saying help is on the way. Well, the folks here in Bell Harbor say show me. Don't depend on the government to save you. Take action now so that you're prepared for the next disaster with MyPatriotSupply.com. Get the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Call 866-229-0927. We are hurting down here, and we need help immediately. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the fields is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. 
Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-297-0154. That's 800-297-0154. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. That's 800-297-0154. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. All right. So the question asked by our listener of Richard Dolan, and we have to move through the answers pretty quickly now. We're in the last segment. Go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, so do I think time travelers is more likely than extraterrestrials? I actually don't think it's more likely than extraterrestrials. I think extraterrestrials is more likely, uh, but I don't rule it out. I think, um, you know, is time travel possible? I, I guess there are physicists who leave that door open. I would certainly not feel qualified to close it if they don't. Um, there are a few people who, you know, stridently uh, make this claim that they know that this is a time travel phenomenon. I, I don't feel that confident. I think. Uh, I, I think it's more likely that they're from another planet simply because, look, we can see ourselves in the next 50 years or more being able, honestly, to, to go to another planet. I mean, we can't make it right now to the nearest star, but in another 50 years, we're going to have genetic manipulation, nanotech, advanced artificial intelligence, artificially intelligent ships. I mean, good grief. Quantum computing. We will be able, I guarantee you. Well, you we mentioned in your that book trip. that ben Rich, ben Rich mentioned that we have the technology to take ET home. So That's right. maybe we even do have uh, that I, capability. But but what I about the, the other Black tenants one, yes. in the building, the ultra-terrestrial uh, possibility, or as Mac Tone has coined the term, the crypto-terrestrial? Yeah. Do you think that there's a possibility of uh, sub-oceanic, uh, subterranean, uh, some sort of dimensional, possibly uh, li- living alongside us or, or sure, underneath our oceans. Yeah, sure. I think it's possible. Um, you know, I I don't know that this is true. All, all we're doing is groping in the dark here at a phenomenon that we're just we we really are having such a hard time understanding. Uh, where I'm confident at is that there is a phenomenon that is real, that has engaged our militaries, that we that the militaries don't really know how to deal with, and that their only way in dealing with the public is by clamping that lid down as tightly as they can because they feel it's just too revolutionary. What is the side, What's what are these others? Are they extraterrestrial or are they permanent residents? I couldn't tell you for sure. I think they're probably ETs. I think some of them have li- been living here for a long, long time, and they may be permanent residents of Earth. They may have evolved here and just evolved on a separate path. All of those are possible. I just they're don't probably know. Probably more terrestrial than we are. When people say, Chris, you're, you believe in aliens, they say, well, how do you know we're not the aliens, and they're more terrestrial than we are? Very I mean, possible. We really don't know. Charles here's, Fort here's years a- ago put it well. He said, we are property. <laughs> Maybe they created us. Right. Here's a question from Technomage, who's one of our posters at forum.theparacast.com, where you can uh, post your questions for our guests. He wants to know, Richard, what are your favorite two or three cases from the last 10 years? Or let's say from 2000 on. Let's, let's, uh, for the last 14 yeah. years. 
Um, well, one one I actually wrote about in my book, which uh, is one that's come to me, and I've uh, had extensive discussion with with the primary gentleman involved. It's a Canadian case that took place in um, early 2008 in the northernmost habitation on planet Earth, a Canadian base called CFS Alert, Canadian Forces Station Alert. If you go to the very very tippy top of Greenland and make a quick left, you're right there. Uh, this is a, a electronic post that was established in the 50s to spy on the, on the Russians. It's still there, mostly, probably still spies on the Russians, but it communicates with nuclear subs that are up there. I wrote about this, and I think this is a true case. So um, in January of 08, same month as the Stevensville, Texas case, by the way, but way up here in the middle of the Arctic winter, pitch black, uh, a 200-foot-long object appears to have gone up over the base, shown an intensely bright beam of light on the base for 10 minutes, and then just went right over the frozen Arctic Ocean, gone. There's there's nothing in this area for hundreds of miles. And once you go over the ocean for thousands and thousands of miles, it's just, it's just nothing. Uh, there's no drone technology that I that we know of that could, could accomplish this. There's, I mean, not the Russians, not the Chinese, not the Americans, not the Canadians. Um, it's a, it's a heck of a case. I, I have more about that in my book. Um, you know, a, there's a lot of amazing cases that I've, um, that I've become aware of. One, one that I personally investigated, uh, from 2003, another Canadian case. I live near Canada. I'm in, uh, Rochester, New York, right over the lake from Canada, uh, case from 03 in Kingston, New York, a black triangle case. And I only mention it because I personally investigated this in some detail. I got to know the main witness very, very well. One of the most conscientious, upstanding people I've ever known in my life. Um, I consider this woman like a sister to me today. And she saw a perfect, absolutely perfect equilateral black triangle with sharp edges right over her car near Kingston, Ontario. Go, There's a Canadian Forces base over there. And this triangle went in the direction of that base totally silent right over her head. Um, pretty interesting case. I, I wrote about that in my book. Um, I'm a big uh, I'm advocate of the importance of the O'Hare case of uh, November of 06. I, I think that remains a very significant case historically as well as intrinsically. You know, you've got this object over one of the busiest airports in the world seen by a lot of wow. United personnel and it, and it takes off, punches a hole through the clouds. That cases that works on many levels. Um, yeah, in Stevensville too. Uh, you for know, sure. the Crawford Ranch, uh, the Bushes Ranch there, and, and the possible incursion of of UFOs over the ranch there. For sure. Yeah, I mean, this is a a, a large craft that was being chased by F sixteen jets, but at least according to witnesses, Air Force denied it. Of course, of course, they're going to deny it. And um, but when it stopped over one of the witnesses, he said it was incredible. It was massive. It blocked out the sky and he could see the whole underside. And then according to FAA radar data, there was an unknown. And this is, you can see this on YouTube and it does appear uh, upon a departure to go off in the direction of the Crawford ranch. And then the last one of the 20th century that I, I think is very significant uh, took place just outside Washington, DC, just after nine 11. That's the uh, DC case of July of 2002. Uh, this is another one I personally investigated. I spoke to a number of the witnesses firsthand. Um, it was something very significant in the skies, just outside restricted airspace, chased by F-16s. They could not compete with this thing, and it took off over the ocean. It was just gone, disappeared on radar. So there's a number of these very interesting cases that have come out. They have not gone away. There are many more. I'd say those are some top ones. Well, Richard, we've we've covered a lot of the questions that um, listeners have posted. Uh, the ones that we haven't covered 
we don't have enough time to really get a, a good cogent answer from you. But why don't you give us kind of an insider look at uh, how part three of the National Security State Series is going and uh, give us some uh, insight into possibly when that's going to be finished and what, what are some of the revelations that have come out of that project already? I have a lot of a lot of stuff I've been working on with this. This is kind of anger some of my readers, but look, I, I honestly don't care at this point. There may be one other book that I crank out really quickly before I actually finished volume three of the National Security State series. People think they're going to be upset, but when this other book comes out, they're going to be like, oh my goodness, what an awesome book. I'm going to try to get that other book out by the springtime. And I absolutely want to get volume three of National Security State series out. It will cover the UFO phenomenon and reality from 1992 to the present day. It'll be about 600 pages, uh, similar to the volume two. It's going to continue the story. It's basically a book that will exist on three legs. That is phenomenon itself, the, the cases that I feel are the most significant that really deserve attention worldwide. The research that is where we have come from the early 1990s until today. What, what you find out is that ufology as a, as a discipline has just exploded in the last generation uh, with, the, with the growth of the internet and the web. It's just absolutely gone into so many different directions from where it had been. And then the, Not the too third good, aspect, believe me. Well, it, it's a mixed bag. I wouldn't say it's entirely negative, but it has been negative in some ways. And then the, the final piece of that final leg will be the politics and trying to understand the nature of what I would call the cover-up. This is the most fascinating subject that I could ever have gotten my, my hands into. I don't know if we'll ever really get to the bottom of the phenomenon. One thing I'll be pointing out in this third volume I mean, my series is called UFOs in the National Security State, but really this third volume will almost be the international security state yeah. because yeah, this point. is a, a truly global phenomenon and a global system that has come into place since the end of the Cold War. Richard Dolan, tell our listeners, please, where they can find more of the stuff you work on. Absolutely. My uh, website is richarddolanpress.com. I just recently revised it, updated it, made it nice and pretty. It's a, it's a nicer uh, website to, to kind of navigate your way through. I try to keep it up to date. richarddolanpress.com. I've got articles, books, things I publish by other authors. All of the introductions of my books are all online. You can just read them. Very good. Chris O'Brien's book is Stalking the Herd, and you can get a copy from ourstrangeplanet.com, ourstrangeplanet.com. And Chris will autograph and number the book if you buy the print version. We're also giving away a free copy of an earlier book by Chris called Secrets of the Mysterious Valley. Go to theparacast.com, theparacast.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter, and we'll get a copy for you. You can find the Paracast also on Twitter. Look for the Paracast. Also look for the Paracast fan book on the Paracast fan club on Facebook. Richard Dolan, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. That was a real pleasure, Gene. I enjoyed uh, talking with you and Chris. You guys are great. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.